This podcast is sponsored by TOG24, who've kitted me, Ollie, and the dogs out with all of our walking gear this year. TOG24 is for anyone who likes their walkies, humans and dogs alike. Here's what you need to know. One, their clothes are so cozy that wearing their coats literally feels like walking around in a duvet. Two, they have matching human and dog outfits so you can twin with your dog. In our house, we have matching pink coats. Three, their dog puffers have a reversible metallic lining so you can see them in the dark. It's very handy and cute on nighttime walks. Four, they're a family-run, Yorkshire-based company with an office full of whippets, so you just know they're excellent people. And five, TOG24 currently have their Black November sale on, and it is a big deal. There are Black Friday discounts throughout the month, so check it out. You're going to love it. Hello, and welcome to Brave Little Podcast, the podcast where we talk about those life events and decisions so many of us face that require a healthy dose of courage. I'm your host, Jess. You might know me from social media as Human Jess, and I've learned everything I know about courage from my little dog. She's also called Jess, but more commonly known as the Worried Whippet. To kick off this episode, I want to share something brave that Jess the dog has done this week. My husband Ollie and I ordered her and Otto, our Italian greyhound, a new heated blanket to see them through the winter months. But it arrived in tons of cardboard layers, all taped up, and she hates the sound of packaging, so was deeply upset when I first opened it. That was a few days ago though, and now she is all over it, has barely moved for ages, and I should probably go and check she hasn't actually melded into one with this blanket. So the moral of the story is, sometimes you have to get past the scary packaging to access the heated blanket inside. I don't know about you, but I've always had a bit of anxiety about my career. The options that felt available to me when I was younger were very traditional. Some of them appealed to me, but I knew I found it hard to stick to deadlines and work within other people's systems. I've had lots of jobs since I left uni and none of them have lasted very long, not because I wasn't good at them, but because I felt panicky working to somebody else's systems. These days I'm self-employed and although there are some big challenges, I'm so much happier and more comfortable this way. My guest today is years ahead of me on this journey. She started YouTubing at 18, launched her first business straight out of university and has a truly multifaceted career. I'm so excited for you to hear this conversation with YouTuber, author, podcaster, public speaker, entrepreneur, online sister and philanthropist Courtney Boateng. Courtney and her business partner Renee Kapuku run To My Sisters, an award-nominated digital sisterhood and podcast with millions of downloads. Courtney grew up in a family that valued security over creativity and has always been referred to as a rebel. We talked about knowing when you're equipped to take the leap and follow your dreams, when to make that brave move you've been working towards, and also when to take a break or even step away completely. If you're thinking about launching a career that's a little bit out of the ordinary, then Courtney will be just the inspiration you need. Recording this episode has motivated me to get off my bum this afternoon and shoot some content. I learned a lot from this chat, so I hope you do too. And just make sure that you're still listening when she talks about not giving everyone's voice equal volume. So Courtney, it's great to have you here. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me, Jess. I want to start off by asking you about something brave that you've done this week. Oh, this has been quite a tough week. Uh, My co-founder and I and co-host are in preparation to host the biggest live show ever. And so we've just been having to do a lot of brave things about making this the best and biggest event we've ever held. Um, One thing I can pinpoint specifically is probably as a freelancer, I've had to say goodbye to one of my um, projects, unfortunately, because of how much my digital community and to my sisters in general was growing. And that was like a big, a big boss girl move of like, I've got to put my work first um, and, and this thing that I've always dreamed of first. So yeah, it was, it was sad to see the end of that, but I was really proud of myself because I was advocating for my future self. And that means a lot. That is so bittersweet, but I really love that for you. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you so much. So we're going to talk today a bit about building a career that's out of the ordinary and um, mm. the sort of practical elements of elements of that, but also the bravery that it takes to get yourself there. I'm really excited to talk to you about this because I've got a bit of career envy <laughs> when it comes to your career. <laughs> um, I've just... Oh, girl, stop. <laughs> I've just introduced you as I had to look on your LinkedIn to get make sure I had all of the elements but I've got YouTuber, author, podcaster, public speaker and entrepreneur on this list and I'm sure I might have missed some off. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's that's good enough for this podcast. (laughs) But yeah I just thought maybe we could start at the beginning. Um, Well when I was thinking about making this podcast I reached out to a bunch of friends of mine um, and like my network with a list of potential like podcast topics that we could cover and this was the one that got the most interest from everyone because I think all of us 
dream of having a career that isn't necessarily a nine to five like that gives us a bit more flexibility Mm. um and that definitely looks like something you've got so can you tell me when you were young did you have expectations for your career um yes but they definitely were not traditional and they weren't clearly defined which is a great way to describe my entire career journey um I always envisioned being an entrepreneur and it wasn't something that like if one of my school teachers asked me like oh what do you want to be when I grow up I'd perk up and be like oh an entrepreneur that was a big girl word but I always knew I wanted to do so many different things and that I was multifaceted. I had a love for art, I had a love for fashion, I had a love for beauty, but I was also really good at academics and maths and speaking. And so I was just like, you know what? I can do it all. Like I actually am so well diverse. Why not pursue all of these passions? And so I was literally like 10 years old writing like, oh, when I grow up, I'm going to have a, I'm going to own like a cloth, uh, a clothing line and a fashion brand. And then I'm also going to have a beauty brand and I'm going to call it this. And then I'm also going to like hold programs for women and we're going to do this to empower them. And it was just like, yeah, let's do all of that. And I've never let that go. (laughs) I've always just wanted to pursue every passion and every interest. And um, I'm really glad that my career has allowed me to do that in some way as a freelancer and as someone who is self-employed. So that's, that's pretty much young Courtney's dream. And I'm glad to say I'm living it. I love young Courtney's dream. And how did the people around young Courtney feel about young Courtney's dream? Were they on board? They thought and still think I'm confused. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, I think when you are multifaceted, all of your interests can just look like um, undefined dreams and a lot of confusion. And it can, I understand, can appear chaotic. Um, And so I definitely had people around me who were like, why don't you just lean in to something, especially something a bit more stable? Um, And so I always say this, like my mom and my dad always wanted me to become a lawyer. Um, My dad found it very easy to let go of that dream. My mom is still fighting to keep that dream (laughs) alive. Um, It's probably, you know what? Let me not say never. Do you know what I mean? It may actually happen one day. I'll be like, guys, I'm going to law school and I'm going to do my um, legally blonde thing. Uh, But I, I definitely think my parents thought there's, great elements of creativity but you know being a second generation immigrant there was even greater value in security and so for a lot of the people around me who thought in a more traditional way going down a route like law or accounting or other things that I was clearly quite talented at and could be promising in uh, made a lot more sense but for me I've always just been a bit of a risk taker um, and so I've always been called a rebel in my family and I still hold that title till today. Proudly. (laughs) Proudly, proudly. (laughs) Great. And is that like that sort of tug of war between security and a creative career is something that I recognise from my life and experiences. Is that something that is still there inside you or did you let go of that security element and run with it I think there's there's still an element of that that's inside of me um especially as I get older and I kind of understand the reality of life like I'm not you know young Courtney anymore who's like I can survive on 10p Freddo's for lunch every day like no (laughs) back in the day when unfortunately do you get what I mean unfortunately the economy and probably my health will not permit um such a diet or necessity but um now that I'm getting older and I'm understanding that like no there are some real life responsibilities which you need to take care of and you know wanting to one day start a family or just you know build up a future which I can be really proud of and secure in I begin to understand that creativity is amazing but entrepreneurial acumen is better Um, and so I've been trying to strengthen those over the years of my career um, and really make something for myself which means that you know creativity is not antithetical to or the opposite of security but actually the two can coexist and really harmonize in a really cool way for my my career so the, the reality of adulting is kicking in. 
Okay, so let's throw it back to the Tempe Freddo years because your career oh, started good time. early, right? Before you'd even left university. Yeah, I was, I created my YouTube channel when I was 18. Um, and so I was in my first year of uni. Um, but even before that, I was working as a hairstylist or so a freelance hairstylist. And I had my own clients and clientele and I would work in salons on holiday periods and after school and stuff. Because um, I just really enjoyed making my own money and having that freedom that came with that um but also I loved hair I loved beauty I loved interacting with people especially women and like making them feel good so since I was like 13 14 years old I've always been working um and yeah started YouTube when I was in university and that kind of like took everything off for me I was no longer just you know Courtney who does hair at people's houses and is really smart I was now Courtney whose name is known in a few places which and especially on our university campus and that was a bit weird. So I want to talk to you about the direction that your career took but first of all I think the biggest hurdle in a career like ours is or definitely Mm. in my experience was overcoming the fear of posting yourself in any format yeah. on the internet like how did you get past yeah. that first hurdle was that scary for you yes it definitely was starting a youtube channel was something i had wanted to do since i was like 15 16 and i i thank god that video doesn't exist anywhere anymore <laughs> but like i recorded like a video on my webcam on my first laptop with like some hair bundles because i used to like like i said be a hairstylist and i was like this hair feels so nice and i was like doing a hair review because that's all i used to watch on youtube and the quality was so bad my lighting was like a lamp a desk lamp <laughs> and it was just like <laughs> looked like i was creating a video from a cell it was so bad um but obviously that video never made the light of day pretty much because it was scary and I think putting yourself out there in any capacity is scary whether it's speaking publicly putting something that you really care about out there for other people's feedback and the internet can be a brutal place and that's something I've definitely seen even in my teen years that like people can be rude people can be brash um And so when I was 18 and I was trying to upload that first YouTube video, there were definitely feelings of like, I hope people really like this. But I think I've been so blessed to have so many supportive people around me that there were other voices to kind of drown out my own fears and insecurities. My best friend, my family, who were just like, you know what, this could actually be really cool and really helpful, something you've always wanted to do. Um, And I think in university as well, I'd built up a certain level of confidence in myself that it wasn't cripplingly scary because obviously I posted the video um so I would definitely say something that helps combat that is just having supportive people around you um or at the very least just really allowing yourself to pursue something you've always wanted to and never you know denying yourself that opportunity or allowing your fear to to rob you of that opportunity because it's worked out really well for me and I think if I hadn't have done it because I was scared of what other people thought or you know all the all of the impending anxieties I had um I would have really regretted it yeah definitely and I don't know about you but I find that like it's not a one-off thing like getting over that hurdle of posting for the first time like I'm battling it every day every week yeah yeah I think I probably thought when I started out and watched people like you like OG YouTubers Mm. who've been doing it for years (laughs) and I was thinking like that fear is not going to stay with me that's going to go away but Mm. now I'm kind of it's slowly dawning on me that you do kind of live with the the discomfort (laughs) of being so publicly Mm, that's so true I guess a question for you then like as you transitioned as well to like showing more of your face on the internet versus like your beautiful dog who is so cute (laughs) um with the worried whippet like was it hard for you to overcome that hurdle of okay I'm actually going to show myself yeah really hard Mm. um it was so posting about my dog for the first time like making an Instagram account for my dog was really scary it was something I thought about for a long time Mm. and I had that like what will people think will they think it's silly xyz um so I can't imagine what it's like if your first experience posting publicly is posting about yourself like must be so much scarier um yeah I think I had this realization one day that like the stories I'm sharing about Jess like there's so much about me the anxiety Mm. that I'm describing in her is so similar to my own there's a really blurred line between what's who and who's what so um yeah that helped me to sort of um 
get over it a bit and be a bit more out there. But um, no, it's still scary every day. Yeah, every day. Yeah. So you started early on YouTube and where did things go from there? Right. So I made my first YouTube when, YouTube video in 2016. I was 18 years old. And then I think within a few months, um, I was really enjoying it. And then I hit like 10,000 subscribers quite quickly. Um, I think I got to like... 10k in six months which back then was like yo you're killing it (laughs) now that's still wild (laughs) yeah I know I know and I was very like oh my god the people like me great um and I created a lot of videos around um general personal development and my faith journey, learning to become more confident. Um, and within that, I did share my experiences about being at university and how, you know, for a long time, actually on my YouTube channel, I didn't talk about the fact that I went to Cambridge because I didn't want that to be what defined me. Cause I think there's a degree of like exceptionalism that comes with that, which is like, oh my gosh, I'm going to make this my entire personality. Not say it's bad, but I didn't want that to be all I was known for because it was just a small part of me. And I remember a friend asking like, why don't you ever mention on your YouTube videos that like you come to Cambridge? And I was like, cause I don't, see how that's helpful information um but she was just like you know what it could actually be helpful for someone who may have been in a similar position to you you know a year ago where you were trying to apply and you didn't see anyone who looked like you and because I then saw the value in my experience and my position I was like okay now I can create content that's actually helpful and that's all I ever wanted my YouTube channel to be I didn't just want to document my life because I'm actually quite a private person I wanted the bits that I shared to be valuable and helpful um and so that summer about maybe four or five months after I started my YouTube channel I created a video with my friend called how we got into Oxford and Cambridge um and my friend went to Oxford and my best friend my podcast co-host Renee and we created that video really light-hearted just to kind of tell people practical advice but also to show that you know as much as representation is really lacking in these institutions, there are people like you here or people like you can get in. And so push yourself um, and hopefully it would get like attention to start a wider discourse around why do we have to push ourselves so hard to see ourselves belonging here? And it's, it did exactly that. We ended up like kind of going semi-viral, um, being on the news, like people really paying attention to this conversation around access and diversity. And the university also took notice, which then kind of helped me transition from not just being a content creator for fun, but also seeing the content that I created as really contributing to social impact and being able to kind of like consult and liaise with the university on like a higher level about access diversity creating media content which actually made Cambridge look like and hopefully become a more inclusive space um and that kind of is what took off my content creation and freelancing career um yeah it was it was quite a cool time to be like 19 20 21 and the university's calling you into the office like help us do this and I'm like yeah sure um all because of the internet so it was a fun time my YouTube channel kept growing and my content wasn't just about being at Cambridge it still stayed about you know my journey as a person um until this day with my YouTube channel um my podcast to my sisters and even like the other content and the community we've been able to build through that it's still about that, you know, sharing that journey and showing people that through the highs and lows, anything is really possible. I think that's so cool. I didn't really, I don't think I knew about those beginnings, but I think this is, well, definitely like I've seen this more widely reported on in recent years, but like Cambridge as a university, historically, black people have been devastatingly underrepresented. Yeah, um, it's crazy. Yes. Uh, and in a way that isn't really talked about. So in a, like, I'm not surprised that that video blew up. Yeah. So then after you left university, you started a business. Yes, I did. So whilst I was at uni, I missed all of my, you know, content creating and being on YouTube and stuff and being a Cambridge, what do they call it? Uh, when you're a Cambridge YouTuber. 
Anyways, a ca- cam tuber. There's a specific cam tuber. It's something like know. that, you know. It's something. It's something like that. It, I miss being all of that. My claims to fame. I was also an, an intern. I was a business development associate at a beauty startup in London, and I was thoroughly enjoying working on the business side of beauty because I had been, you know, a hairstylist and interacted in that way. But it was nice to kind of sharpen my business acumen, entrepreneurial skills, marketing knowledge. And um, after three years, they offered me a job to become a creative director. And I declined it um, to start my own business, which was very similar, a beauty e-commerce company. And I basically, again, risk-taking, took that leap of faith because when I believe that I understand how to do something, even if I have like the most basic of understanding, I'm like, yeah, that's enough. We can start it from there. And so I was just like, I can create my own company with no funding and no MBA and at 21. And I did it. Um, uh, and for the next three years, I ran my own, my first company, which was called CDB London. And it was an e-commerce hair and beauty brand. And we had like a global clientele. I had a studio in London, a beauty studio in London. Then the pandemic hit in 2020. And um, I guess by virtue of everyone being at home, everything became that the, the need for online based businesses just crazy skyrocketed and my business really benefited from that and so we started to like grow really really quickly and suddenly I was this operation I was managing by myself and being the only person who was working and now needed like a team of eight people and I was working like back to back and I got really burnt out and for me like once I see myself burning out losing passion it's hard to continue with the same zeal that I had and I think that's that's the same for most people and so I decided that like I actually don't know enough to scale this company at the rate that it would need um and so I I just need to step back because I'm losing a love for something that I've always loved and I'm losing my you know my shine and my spark when I can't be bothered to do anything else um and so I decided to close my business in 2021 and really just focus on my own wellness taking care of myself and um thankfully my business had made like over six figures and so I was like okay financially um And so I just decided to travel, travel the world and focus on this podcast and sisterhood community. I had started with my best friend. Um, And funnily enough, even on this year of rest that I took out, which I keep calling my gap year, even though everyone's like, how can it be a gap year when like, you got a book deal, you started like a really successful podcast and you were like content creating from everywhere. And I was like, yeah, that's a good point. Maybe I wasn't (laughs) fully out of office. (laughs) Um, so yeah I was just traveling around and I think being a freelancer and having that kind of freedom to be like I'm gonna stop this I'm gonna move around but I'm still able to work from wherever I am meant that I didn't have to completely put my career on pause I was just able to make a really effective pivot um and so that's what I did two years ago and yeah now to my sisters which is a podcast that we started is about to be three years old we have over like six million podcast downloads a best-selling book um we're about to like host our third annual live show which is gonna host about 1200 women at Hackney Empire in London and it's really nice to see how that's taken off we do things like international retreats but more importantly we use our digital community for social impact so we have raised money for um, women's homelessness in London girls education in Tanzania and we've recently just built a school in the northern region of Ghana and all of these different things are things that young Courtney definitely envisioned doing but didn't really know how and it's been nice that I've been able to curate my career and also use my talents to be able to fulfill some of those dreams and actually make make an impact so that's my career to date it's unbelievable how many iterations it's been through and in such a short period of time it's really and it's gonna go through so many more i know i can't (laughs) wait to see Hi guys, it's me Jess, just dropping in to tell you about my book, Worried Whippet, A Book of Bravery. It's a beautiful hardback gift book that inspires you to take a cue from one anxious little dog, muster up your courage and step out into the world with hope. The drawings are gorgeous and it makes a great gift for adults, children, dog lovers, anyone struggling with anxiety. Plus, it's only $10.99, which is frankly a steal. One lovely person just bought 25 and got all their Christmas gifts done at once. You can get it from Amazon, Waterstones, or my favourite, your local independent bookshop. You're listening to Brave Little Podcast with me, Jess Bolton. So I think 
what you've just described, especially like there are a few really like baller moves that you've made in this career. And they're the I ones try. where <laughs> you go from something like stable and secure into something where there's an awful lot of unknowns uh, yeah. and you just give it a go and try and make it work. And I think for people listening who are wondering about making those kind of moves themselves, they'll be they'll be wondering like, where do you find the courage to do that? And how do you know when it's time to leave the security of something and move on to something else, particularly like leaving the security of a job for self-employment when you turn down that directorship, for example? Yeah, that is a really good question. I think the first thing you need to do in all honesty is assess your personality type because the last thing you want to do is hear any advice from me and be like, yeah, I'm going to take a risk and then, then, you know, tomorrow you're suffering with crippling anxiety. I cannot pay for your therapy bills. Like it's not, I, I, I take no liability. So I would say like, pay attention to your personality type. Are you a risk taker? If you're not, then make a bit of a runway plan so you can make that transition a lot smoother in a way that is comfortable for you. Um, I think sometimes, you know, taking the risk and the leap of being a business owner or self-employed is heavily glamorized. And sometimes people don't illustrate the challenges that, you know, lie behind that. Like running your own business means that money isn't always going to be guaranteed and the success of your business is never guaranteed. And so really and truly, this could fail. Do you get what I mean? And so if you're not really prepared to take on that risk and you haven't mentally prepared, um, you may need to just ease yourself in a bit. Don't jump off a cliff. You're not, you're not, you don't have a parachute for. And so one thing that I did do was really be practical about what does it mean to actually make this risk? And what is my plan B? What is my, you know, safety net? And the one thing I've always told myself is the worst thing that could actually happen is I go and get a corporate job and that is most people's dream. So I'm actually in a really, really good place um, and doing things like, you know, getting qualifications. Obviously I've got my degree, I've got a master's, like it's, I've prepared myself for if and everything was to kind of fail. I've also picked up transferable skills, which means I can go and work somewhere else. And I'm, I'm not above working. Trust me, I am not above it. If you want to give me a job when I need it, I'll happily take it. Um, but I've realized for myself that like, this just goes with my personality. It goes with my dreams. Um, and I really like the thrill and the excitement that comes with the problem solving of starting something new and having to scale that. And once I kind of sense this is no longer for me, it's usually because I'm bored. And this may sound like a really, really privileged thing. Um, but for me personally, like I like to be challenged. And I think I'm in a phase of my career where I'm trying to equip myself with a lot of knowledge and a lot of skills for, you know, whether it's TMS being a global company and one of the leaders in like women's development or whatever it is, you know, God has for me in the future to build. But I'm in that phase of really equipping myself. And so when I feel like I get to a place where this has become really easy, I'm like, hmm, this may not be the best use of my time and my skill. Um, and also there's that desire and that ambition within me to constantly grow and to be making more money or to be making more impact. And sometimes you get to the, you know, a point in something where you're like, I don't actually see how I could grow this anymore. And so, and I'm not satisfied with where it's at. And so now it's time for me to try something else, whether it's a pivot, a new iteration, um, developing what you already got, you've already got or starting something new. And I've always been really able to be honest with myself about that, that like it's time to evolve. Um, but in terms of where do I get the courage lastly, I won't lie. I think one, my faith and two, my community, um, like my, my faith and being a Christian has definitely given me a lot of comfort in times of confusion if I'm going to be honest and like a lot of anxiety and worry and mental health is something I've suffered with a lot in the past so even having like you know meditation practices being able to like pray and affirm myself um in in my faith has given me a lot of comfort and also it's given me a sense of purpose and knowing that my purpose is bigger than the things that I do but I'm actually living um from a place of I'm loved and I'm living from a place of I have something positive to give to this world and that's enough that's always enough for me to keep going um but community and the element of I've 
as much as, you know, my parents don't understand what I do till this day, they've always been affirming. They've always been supportive. They've always let me know if all else fails, you've always got a home here. You've always got a bed to sleep in and food to eat. Um, and that, that security of knowing there's a nest for me has allowed me to fly with a lot of confidence. Um, and then I also have amazing friends and people in my life who let me know that they really believe in me and anything that I do or touch, um, they will support. And it's kind of given me, some may call it a delusion or whatever, but it's given me this confidence that like, I kind of have a Midas touch. Anything I do, I make work. And if it doesn't work, I'm quick to leave it. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's kind of how I've gotten the courage to make those leaps. And hopefully like, if you can find that confidence within you stemming from something really stable that isn't just the performance of your business or your career, um, paired with a really you know effective and supportive system around you and community around you, I think anyone is able to make the things make the choices that are scaring them right now yeah that really resonates with me because I took the same move that you took years ago um about about yeah November last year so a year ago now wow yeah I'm just coming up to my one year anniversary of being self-employed and actually and look at how brilliant <laughs> it's going um <laughs> it's been so exciting so terrifying so nerve-wracking and it's actually not the first time I tried to do it like I've always known that it's something that I wanted mm. to do I've got ADHD and I've really struggled to work for other people in another working environments and I always felt this like calling it would be easier it would be more fulfilling um, but I tried to do it once in my early 20s and uh, it was a disaster, <laughs> like a really bad nine months. And um, I ended up going and finding another job. As you say, like worst thing that will happen. It took me a while because I had like low confidence and it was difficult. But um, yeah, then I spent the next four or five years like building up the skills and the self-confidence, I think, that I needed for this time around. And so far... <laughs> it's working and I'm loving it and much happier than I was before I took the leap but um yeah I mean it just goes to show it's not always going to work the first time it still might not work this time a hundred percent a hundred percent I mean as delusional as, as I am about having the Midas touch like technically my first business failed like I wasn't I couldn't push past that first three-year mark um and it wasn't for lack of revenue it was for lack of systems and knowledge um and so I think I definitely resonate with what you're saying. There is a sometimes a time that you need to take a step back, whether it's going into employment or, you know, working on a different project, especially like as a freelancer, as an intern, there were so many skills I was able to learn working on other people's stuff that then equipped me for what it is I was trying to do. And sometimes we're just under-equipped for our dreams and that's okay like admit it to yourself and go and get the tools that you need, the knowledge. If it's going back to, you know, study something get an online course work for someone else get exposure read a book listen to this amazing podcast whatever it is take the time to actually prepare yourself for what it is you're trying to do and so yeah I totally hear it and this one year that you've been focused on this crazy crazy <laughs> it's been so fun so what advice would you give to somebody who's looking at your career and saying, I want something like that and I have no clue Don't. where to start? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I say don't because like don't compare yourself to me at all. But in terms of you want something like curating your own career. Yeah, maybe like a digital first career. Yeah, okay. One, have you got digital skills? And what are your digital skills? Really pencil down like, what do you do and what do you do well or what do you want to do and find a way whether it's through experimentation creating your own stuff and um, working on your own project or working on someone else's stuff as I just described to sharpen that skill so is it that you want to be an editor do you want to be a speaker do you want to create videos online do you want to have your own brand get really skilled in branding copywriting um content creation find a way to get skilled in that because one thing if you're going to make it you have to be good and good looks different for everyone um and in this current climate it's like we don't even know what makes a successful brand these days on the internet we're just someone could come and we can say oh high quality videos and they make something and it looks like they're recording from an apple or like an actual potato and it's like 
they still go viral. We don't have a clue. So I can't tell you what works, but what I can say is the more you work at your craft, oftentimes you will see some kind of result. Um, I would then say like, get your business hat on. Um, we can approach creativity or working in the digital space with such a like, I'm just going to try a whole bunch of things and see what works. But as much as I'm saying some things are unpredictable, some things are predictable. And I love this saying that says success leaves a trail behind it. So follow the steps. And so analyze other people, other similar digital entrepreneurs who you admire, whether they work in e-commerce or content creation or are public figures um, or are free creative freelancers see what it is they do and study how they make it work what are their systems how do they market themselves what are their revenue models how are they making money um and really write down a plan for yourself a business plan something in your notes it doesn't have to be anything too formal but the if you are the sort of person who's like i'm detail oriented make a detailed plan um and so now you've thought about that practically The last thing I would say is go for it. Like one of the biggest things you can put off is like what we were describing at the beginning of this episode. Oh, I'm just procrastinating on it because I'm a bit nervous or I don't know how people are going to receive it or whatever. Like you will stagnate at that place of whatever level of skill you're at, whatever um, size you're at until you actually start and you can constantly reiterate every piece of work you do, every video, every Instagram post. Um, And then, sorry, I know I said that would be the last one, but this is really the last one, network actually expand your network um so that you can ask people those questions of how they're growing um how they are making finding new opportunities but also so that you can have that community around you because I will say digital entrepreneurship can be really lonely and whilst you can create a create amazing relationships with your digital community those are just parasocial relationships where you know it can be one one-sided and people are leaning on you as a creator but you want people who allow you to lean on them as a person and so surround yourself with people who can actually um empathize with what it is you're going through whether they're in the same space or at least they just support you and can be there to kind of give you wisdom counsel support um when you come you face certain challenges because the internet can be really lonely even though there are so many people on it so that's what I would advise but it's definitely possible and it's very fun so allow yourself to to at least experiment with it I think yeah, that's really true. And one of the things that I have found and learned since I've been on the internet in a personal capacity is um, that you've got to lean into the vulnerability. Like those moments yeah. where you feel the most vulnerable and you feel like you're exposing yourself the most in some way, like that's when the magic is going to happen and you've got to lean in. Mm. So that covers those times when you're thinking about posting for the first time, but also... I always know that if there's something on my mind that I that I want to share, but that I'm I'm not sure if I should somehow, like something's holding me back, I've got to share it because every single time it resonates with people, every single time it moves me forward on this journey that I'm on and it gives me the like courage and motivation to do the next thing. Like those are the moments, yeah. And I bet you'll find that's true in your career. Like what you were describing with, posting that YouTube video, you know, like you weren't really sure about it. There was something holding you back, but when you did it, it just opened up a new like world and opportunity and pathway for you. Most definitely. And even with like the podcast, the episodes that either perform the best are the ones where we're like, yeah, we don't have it figured out or things are going really, really well, but I'm still quite scared, you know? Um, people want to relate to you as a human and as a human you have to show your weaknesses you have to show that you feel you know you actually do feel and so like you said those most vulnerable transparent moments often are the most impactful ones to share because it reminds people that they can connect with you in some way um I think you even see it with like just your dog right like when you share those transparent like feelings that are almost human, even though it's a dog, um, people connect with it because people connect with that vulnerability, whether canine or human, I guess. When I started sharing Jess, it was more about her as um, like a character and a personality that I brought to life. And then recently I've sort of expanded the view as I've been more comfortable sharing more about myself to include more of me on the account. And um, I've been confronted with this thing, which is like, 
we have in many ways, I it, it feels to me like in many ways we failed with her. Like we haven't been able to give her the confidence that we wanted to. We haven't been able to manage things like her separation anxiety that hold her back and us back. Um, and lots of that does feel like a failure and um, sort of expanding the lens of what I'm sharing has necessitated sharing those feelings. And inevitably, I'm not the only one feeling them. <laughs> you know, yeah. everybody out there is. Inevitably, it's cathartic and I feel better when I share it and it makes other people feel better too. And holding it back was, um, you know, limiting what I could share, limiting the relationships that I have with my mm. audience and, um, you know, limiting what they get from my profile. So, um, yeah, I do think it's those moments of that require so much courage and bravery that can kind of wow. move you forward yeah. in that way. That's definitely inspired me. I used to be so much more vulnerable and transparent on the internet um, and not so much like nowadays, but I definitely agree that like when you do share those parts of yourself, it really does resonate with your audience and it helps people so much more. Because like you said, you're not the only person going through what you're going through. So that's definitely been a reminder to me that of how important that is. So are you still, you're still YouTubing at the moment? Uh, some would say, <laughs> but others would not. Um, <laughs> every day I make an Instagram post, people are like, so when's your next YouTube video? So I officially went on a break um, from YouTube. It was only meant to be a month. It's been almost four months now um, as of this recording. And it was purely because, as I was just saying, I kind of lost sight of why I was creating. And it just felt like, an obligation like I just have to post because people I'm a YouTuber and you know I'm a creative entrepreneur and that's what people expect and it's just been because I've been making so many pivots but also I've been maturing like I said I started my channel when I was 18 I'm 26 now there have been so many different versions of me as a person and I have been trying to understand and grasp that as well as my identity as an entrepreneur and what it is I'm building now that, you know, I'm not building my first company anymore. I'm no longer Courtney that does hair. I'm no longer CDB London. I'm just CDB. Like, what does that, what does that mean? Who is she? Um, as well as just the personal, my personal life growing. Um, and so I've really been thinking like, so what is my existence on, on the internet or on my YouTube channel specifically? And so I decided to take a break, um, to figure all of that out and not just post for posting sake, much to sometimes my management's chagrin. Um, I've just been like, you know what? I need a break. Um, but also I think when you work on the internet, but you also are an internet user, no one wants to be at work 24 seven. And sometimes it feels like you have to be at work 24 seven. And I was getting really burnt out. A lot of like insecurities, anxieties and comparison were like creeping in. And for me, my wellness is my priority. And so as soon as I started to see that happening, I was just like, no, I can't do this anymore. And so I decided to lean into things that were actually bringing me joy. Um, but I am still a YouTuber, like officially by title and I'm not leaving YouTube anytime soon. I'm just hoping that I can come back better and with better content that's actually true to me and where I'm at in my life right now and that is helpful to my community yeah I think with this career like what people or what I definitely didn't fully grasp was how much it seeps into the rest of your life there's there's it's not like a boundaried yes. um you go to work you go home you switch off or whatever um oh, gosh you know in the early days when I started posting on Instagram I was online every evening until 11 I'd wake up and the first thing I'd do in the morning would be dive straight into my dms and reply to 50 or 100 messages um and it's not like it's not good for your brain it's not a healthy way to be and the platforms kind of punish you if you take time off so it can be a very demanding like cycle and routine to find yourself in how how have you found managing that as somebody who's been doing it for did you just say you said eight years didn't you Eight years. That's eight like, years, it doesn't get much years. longer than eight years when it comes to a social media career. Like, um. <laughs> this is true. Uh, although I was listening to like one of my favorite YouTubers. Like, I've been on the internet for 14 years. That's all. Whoa. <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> that is crazy. Yeah, that is. Um, how have I found that? I think that this is where the rebellious spirit in me kind of comes out where I'm just like, as much as algorithms may punish you, I don't care. 
like my wellness is more important. Um, and also I'm of the mindset that as long as you're solving a problem and as long as you're creating value, there will always be room for you somewhere. Right. Um, and that includes the internet and that space. Like I will always have people who my content and my story resonates with. It may not be people who subscribed to me eight years ago, but it is new people who just haven't found me yet. And so that's always one of been one of my quotes you have like you haven't met everybody who's going to love you yet and that can even be relevant to your space on the internet as well and so I just have decided not to be fearful of that like I've got a purpose and if I've got a message to share and it's going to be impactful God will make a way and that's just something I hold on to in every aspect of my life um but also like another phrase I've embraced especially this year is it's not that deep um and I think it's because I've diversified if YouTube fails I have other things which are succeeding which means that like practical things like my income my livelihood are still gonna be okay um obviously I haven't been making videos for like four months so there's been a significant dive in my YouTube income um but I see other things like speaking engagements and international opportunities popping up freelancing opportunities consulting opportunities popping up which mean that I'm actually okay provisionally and so that's fine as well so I would say on a more practical level never put all your eggs in one basket um I know everyone really preaches like go all in go all in but especially when it comes to entrepreneurship and especially when it comes to the internet and digital entrepreneurship don't do that don't put all your eggs in one platform don't put in your, all your eggs on one project like don't put all your eggs even in just one skill um diversify and I think people even in traditional careers can see the benefit of that because we're seeing you know such a rise and things like side hustles and people wanting to upskill and and all of that stuff so that's that's what's helped me yeah that's definitely something that I'm learning on the go as well and um that stops me from lying awake in the middle of the night <laughs> worrying yeah. so much about what I've done in there <laughs> um and can we talk a bit about obstacles because inevitably yeah. there will have been lots in your career yeah um what have they been and like how do you manage those when they come up Oh, what have been the obstacles of my career? I will say just how quickly the internet moves. As soon as you get, you know, used to one thing, something else is popular or something else is popping or there's a new platform that you need to get big on. Like, I'm I'm not sure if you can relate to this, but like when short form content started to pop off, I can't lie, I was getting a bit worried because as you can tell from this podcast, I like to talk a lot. All my YouTube videos, like my YouTube partner manager was like, you know, you you have such great engagement for someone whose videos are so long. I was like, they're only like 20, 25 minutes. What do you mean? Um, and then obviously like we're living in a world where 15, 30 second videos are what's in. And so there was like that, oh my gosh, I need to like re-strategize and think about how I can fit into this new trend and what does that look like? And it's definitely just been a lot of learning curves. And that's the thing, it's like, you're constantly reiterating you're constantly thinking about what can I do next and having to you know be a part of the next big thing and that can be really challenging on top of that there's algorithms which are constantly changing you know all these big companies who you know have created these platforms for us to be digital entrepreneurs still control these algorithms and so they can change them based on their business model and that just leaves you to respond like you're not really on the offensive you're really on the defensive here and you're responding and reacting to their changes um which then can make it very tough again because a lot of times when you're starting out you don't own all of your own data you don't own your own app you don't own your own platform you're sharing it with someone or you're just using someone else's and so having to learn how to like adapt but also not take things to heart um when it comes to like algorithm changes and how much like for our career engagement rates um really impact stuff and I think that's the third and final hurdle sometimes it feels like my career has depended on me being liked by people. And so it has then made it very hard for me to not, I wouldn't say be my true self because I've always been my true self on the internet, but it's definitely had me overthinking at times as to, okay, how honest can I be? How like diverse can I be with my thinking and my thought? And am I constantly, you know, policing my words, especially as someone who has a podcast who, you know, does social commentary and gives opinions. 
more recently, a lot of the stuff that I say seem to ruffle people's feathers, especially men. But I'm not gonna. We're not gonna go into that <laughs> on this podcast. Um, Welcome and to it's the just internet. Like, okay. Welcome to the internet where no one is happy and everyone is ready to talk. <laughs> um, and that's literally where I've been at, where it's like, okay, cool. Especially for someone who was like, used to be a little bit of a people pleaser. Um, it was kind of having to embrace, okay, cool. Some people don't like what I say and people don't like who I am and people don't like how I look and people don't like what I do. And that's all right. Cause I like it. That's it. I am so envious right now. <laughs> Like I'm still very much in that, like really in it. And and the more I share like more vulnerable content, especially on like TikTok. Oh my God, kids on TikTok are so mm. mean. I'm like, I know no, you're eight guys. years old. <laughs> Why are you being so mean? I hate it when people <laughs> don't like me. <laughs> I can't, I can't bear it. <laughs> I just make myself as small as possible, I think. And I'm like, please try not to say anything controversial. I hear it. But the thing is like, their opinion kind of doesn't really matter. Because no. the thing is like, you have people in your life, like just the dog loves you. Your partner loves you. I really like you. Your team really likes you. I don't even really matter that much. Don't know why I inserted myself like that. I'm so chuffed but about like, it, Courtney, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> but like in the sense that the people, and also your online community of people who have followed you for years and have been genuinely impacted by your content, love you. And that's what matters. All these other people who can't even like show their face on the internet really don't matter. And I think that's like one of the things that's helped me so much in you can't give everyone's voice equal weight and therefore you can't give it equal volume. Just because someone's put something there and it feels like it's permanent is so inconsequential unless it's really affecting your mental health. Um, But like, yeah, people aren't that important. No. Some, some people aren't that important, yeah. <laughs> no, it'll sink in eventually. Um, it will, it will, it's hard to learn. <laughs> I've got time for one more question and I just want to ask you, mostly because I want to know where where your career is going next, whether you've got any plans you can share or... Whoa. You never know. <laughs> Whoa, it's a big question. <laughs> so right now my main focus is really creating impacts for women um, and gender equity. So like I said, we just built this school to kind of um, support some women who work in the Northern region of Ghana with free childcare whilst they work in a, a sheer care factory. And that has been one of the most fulfilling things I think I've ever done with my life. Um, and I feel like it's because I was just able to use, you know, a platform that I get the privilege to build with my best friend um, for such good. And so I'm really trying to lean more into that. How can I use my knowledge, my network, my skills as a content creator and an entrepreneur to really create impactful change in a charitable way um but also in a smart way which is sustainable and so yeah I'm definitely going to be leaning more into like advocacy work um more like program development for women doing research around women's issues as well but all of this is coming under the umbrella of To My Sisters. So if you haven't already started following my digital sisterhood community, you definitely should plug in to what we're about to do because we've decided that like we're so much more than just a podcast. We really are a movement for women. And yeah, we just want to become a media empire, but also just a big corporation which empowers women, but also makes change for women. And so, yeah, that's my current burden and assignment at the moment, figuring out what that looks like. Cause you know, I'm just a small North London girl with her best friend trying to change the world, but um, we can make it happen. <laughs> you can totally make it happen. If anyone can make it happen, it's you two. Um, and I will be watching and egging you on from the sidelines. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> it's been great to chat with you, Courtney. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. Thank you. I highly recommend following Courtney on Instagram. Her handle is CD Boateng and checking out her podcast to my sisters. The links will be in the show notes. Make sure you follow us wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a review if you can. One review equals one belly rub for Jess the dog, so do the right thing. Also, if you like hearing from me, you can follow me on at human.jess where I talk with big chaotic energy about ADHD, running very slowly and generally feeling like a small person in a big world. Jess the dog's handle is at worriedwhippit, so give her a follow too if you're feeling fancy. Thank you for listening.